हेलो गाइस वेलकम टू एपिसोड थ्री ऑफ द कोल्ड वॉर द पोस्ट वर्ल्ड वॉर टू एनवायरमेंट ऑफ फियर एंड डिस्ट्रस्ट एज वेल एज द पॉलिसी ऑफ कंटेनमेंट सेट द स्टेज फॉर द नाइनटीन फिफ्टीज इन मेनी वेज अमेरिकन नॉस्टालजिक अबाउट दिक्चर हार्ड वर्किंग फादर्स लविंग एट सबमिसिव होम मेकर्स केयर फ्री चिल्ड्रन एंड प्रॉस्पेरिटी However, in reality, most Americans lived with extreme anxiety during the decade. The culture of the Cold War will be more fully explored in the future. However, it also worth touching on here as well. It is also worth touching here as well. the soviet union had and has had a terrible reputation of repressing of repression during the cold war however the united states also had a culture of conformity and repression it would not be until the 1960s that a viable challenge to this culture would would emerge though it was certainly attempted before as discussed in the last episode fear of communism led to a fear of being different and a fear of being accused of being a communist this meant that individuals policed themselves and their families often stifling individuality or cultural achievements america took containment very seriously in the 1950s <coughs> china's fall to communism was perceived as a major threat to american security thus the country frequently intervened in other nations f affair affairs this was usually this was through covert operations as in iraq in 1953 however at times in the cold war at times the cold war turned hot and the us troops went to war one of the first instances was during the 1950s in korea north korea established itself as a communist government while south korea remained capitalist and ally of the west then in 1950 north korea invaded south korea intending to reunite the country under one communist government north korea had the support of the chinese and the soviet union The United States led the United Nations response to come to South Korea's aid. In the end, the war ended in a stalemate and the status quo was maintained. North Korea and South Korea remained divided, remained divided along the 30th parallel. and a dmz or, or a demilitarized zone was created between the two no treaty was signed and the two are technically still at war however like so many events in the cold war the korean wars the korean war was important for the for other reasons than just its immediate outcome it set set a precedent and showed both sides 
what the other was willing to do in such a situation. Importantly, no nuclear weapons were used, showing that warfare would not always resort to, to such destruction in the post-Second World War era. As we discussed above, intervention in other nations' affairs was common in the 1950s and usually this took the form of court operations. Court operations is a rather broad term and can encompass everything from spying to outright paramilitary action. The US and the Soviet Union both engaged in everything along the spectrum during the Cold War. The goal of the court operations was often re regime change. This meant overthrowing the current government and replacing it with the one the leaders at the time think will be more friendly to their interests. One such incident has now become famous. The overthrow of Mohammad Mossadegh in Iraq in 1953. Democratically elected, Mossadegh moved to nationalize the old oil fields in that country. This action was perceived as an indicator of communism by the West. Since nationalizing industry was something typical under communist government. Also, American and British businesses had a great deal of money invested in the oil industry in Iran. So the United States Central Intelligence Agency, CIA, along with British and other allies overthrew, overthrew Mossadegh, who was executed and, re and replaced him by, by re reinstating the Shah. The Shah ran a corrupt and brutal government, which eventually led the Iranian people to revolution in, in the 1970s. While Americans remained oblivious to their government's action in Iran for decades, the Iranian people were well aware, contributing to their dislike towards the United States and the Western world. It was also during the 1950s that America first involved itself with in Vietnam. Vietnam had been a French colony and after the end of the Second World War fought for independence. The politics of the US involvement in Vietnam is complicated but suffice, but suffice it to say that the US government supported the regime of Gaudin Diem initially. As in Iraq, as in Iran, many Vietnamese people were unhappy with Diem and revolutionary sentiment continued to fester. These were the realms, realms in which the US and the Soviet Union fought during the Cold War, indirectly for allies and sympathetic governments. While the US and the Soviet Union obviously did not come to blows during the decade, there were tense movements. One of the most poignant was the Berlin blockade and the subsequent Berlin airlift. The city of Berlin was located, was located in East Germany in the Soviet bloc. However, because of the city's importance, it was divided into East and West Germany. And even though 
It was located in the Soviet bloc. West Berlin was in the U.S.'s sphere of influence. In a move meant to intimidate the Soviet Union, in the in a me in a move meant to intimidate, the Soviet Union blockaded the city, meaning the West Berlin could not be accessed or supplied. In response, the U.S. and other Western countries flew planes over the city and dropped food supplies of food and other necessities as well as propaganda materials via air in an embarrassing moment later on moment later on soviet premier khrushchev khrushchev ordered the infamous berlin wall built between east and west berlin like in korea the berlin airlift had broad, had broader importance the united states did not respond to soviet provocation with military retaliation all out war did not occur the berlin blockade and airlift set another important precedent the countries would fight but not directly even when tensions became very hot another tense crucial cold war event was the continued growth of the arms race in an occurrence that literally stuck struck terror in the lives of most americans the soviet union successfully detonated an atomic bomb thanks in part to spies within the american nuclear program while the wake of the world with the, while the wake of the world war 2 made everyone in the world wary of war and wary wary of war and wary of more wary of more the fact that both superpowers now had these weapons meant that direct military conflict surely would lead to mutual destruction a phenomenon and a political philosophy known as mutually assured destruction thus developed it was exactly as its name as its name implies should the two main superpowers in the cold war fight directly both were assured complete destruction this meant that the two powers would not this meant that the two powers could not come to blows directly in an ironic twist then many at the time believed that arming themselves to the teeth would eventually would actually prevent rather than provoke warfare whether this was true or not the two superpowers did not fight directly though they did come close on more than one occasion in addition to in addition to the soviet union detonation of an atomic bomb weapon an even more terrifying weapon was detonated by both sides during the 1950s the hydrogen bomb much more powerful than the atomic weapons dropped on japan to end the world war 2 the hydrogen bomb had the capacity to destroy entire regions this kind of weaponry made it even more apparent that the us and the soviet union could not fight directly the extent of death and destruction would be unthinkable the space race also began in the 1950s 
like the arms race, the United States and the Soviet Union competed, competed over progress in this realm. Although the US had a space program active at the time, the Soviets were successful in launching the first satellite into space called Sputnik in 1957. The ultimate goal of the space race was the moon landing, which the US, which, which the US achieved first in 1969. Before then, competitions over sending humans into space and orbiting the Earth also attracted much media attraction as well as exorbitant amounts of public money for both the US and the Soviet Union. The space race the space race infiltrated everyday life. American schools began emphasizing science and math in an effort to push young minds into these fields. The Soviet government established special schools for the gifted. The, the preoccupation with space also played out in popular culture. Television shows and movies featured space as a recurring theme. The science fiction genre took off in popularity. More, moreover, Americans also developed a preoccupation with the idea of aliens or life on other planets. Conspiracy theories about crashed intergalactic vessels were not uncommon. In terms of foreign policy and in the 1950s domestic policy, the US was generally very conservative in stark opposition to Soviet policies. At the same time, throughout the 1950s, was surprisingly liberal in, uh, in other ways. Pre President Dwight D. Eisenhower, DDE, we call him, or Ike, Mike Ike, Mike Ike, the World War II general who directed the D-Day invasion was only the Republican was only Republican in name. He expanded many of Roosevelt's New Deal projects and created several new projects like building of the interstate highway system. So the great irony of the decade was that while the US took a very culturally conservative turn, the government charged with protecting this conservatism was actually becoming more and more liberal in some other ways. In 1950s, all, the 1950s also saw the fall of Joseph McCarthy, the spokesman of the government's manifestation of the Red Scar of the post-World War II era. McCarthy became a demagogue, alienating the members of his own political party. He attacked the US Army for allegedly harboring conflicts or communists. In response, the Senate investigated McCarthy and his accusations and ended up uncovering personal reasons that the McCarthy attacked the army. He was censored, but his reputation was destroyed. He was dead within three years from alcoholism. Certainly, there were some in the government who did still fear liberalism and communism. And McCarthyism 
of the late 1940s outlived McCarthy himself. Liberals, liberals, descendants, and intellectuals were haunted were hunted at the local and national levels in the United States and other NATO countries. Paranoia continued. Local governments and even private businesses instituted loyalty oaths and other measures. Neighbors spied on each other and reported former friends to local investigative boards. Individuals and companies or groups were blacklisted and anyone who spoke out against the blacklist was added to it. Most infamously, the Hollywood blacklist cost audiences the presence of many, of many talented actors, writers, directors and others involved in filmmaking. The House Un-American Activities Committee or HUAC, HUAC continued to hold hearings until 1975, investigating more people and costing more, more jobs. The people investigated by HUAC were obviously deeply impacted by the Cold War. However, even though they were extreme, they were not alone. The Cold War's impact was felt by just about everyone since its cultural influence was vastly enormous. The culture of the Cold War will be more explored in the next episode. Until then, take care. Thank you very much for listening in.